My name's Neil Dudman. And my name's Dave Kite, and you're listening to the Nursery Business Podcast. And we're recording. Good morning. Good morning to you. It's wet out there. I tell you, I'm definitely in the best place today, which is inside in the dry. It's gusting about 50 miles an hour of wind outside and chucking it down with rain. Yeah, I think there's a big storm coming across. I think there's one of those big hook, the shape of the clouds determine how windy it's going to get. And this is like a little J that's uh, building up. Beware of the J. I, I used to have rental properties in Orlando and I would hate September because September was hurricane season. And the number of times we got phone to say, oh, you're, you've got tiles missing off the roof or trees come down or what have you. I used to hate it. And I had another house in the Bahamas and in, in Nassau. And there, when they built the house, because I had the house built from scratch, they had to drill down and get piles into the rock because I was once evacuated during a hurricane from Miami <laughs> and it was really scary. And it was a, it was category four storm and it was really scary. Um, and then when we had the house built in the Bahamas, they said, we can't evacuate. We have to build the house. What they do is they pile down up to 12 feet into the, into the rock, secure these pylons that go up through the house and then tie the roof to these steel girders so the roof wow. doesn't blow away. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I've sold all those now. It was just, I hate sept- hated September. But now, somebody else's problem. Good, good. So you had, you had a call this week, a, a question from our listener. <laughs> yep, further breaking news. I, I, I've, I think we're gaining traction. The podcast we did last, last week went down really well about the price increases. And, and I have noticed that there's been quite a few posts in the Dane SV owners group on Facebook of uh, what the people's price increases are. And uh, most people are going up to the 50, sorry, I start going up to the 6% mark, which I think is fair, and yeah. fair and good and required. Well, so I also hear on the grapevine that those pesky staff of yours who have been listening to the, the podcast, that they have persuaded you to try Trello. Uh, no, it was me actually. I I took your your harsh words to heart the other day when you should say when you said to me you should never stop learning, and uh, I took that on board because uh, it, it went right deep to the heart. Now you got wounding hurt, hurt me in my soul, and uh, do you know what? It's uh, it's it's bloody brilliant. So um, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so simple to do. Yeah, and it's a place. I'm forever looking for better ways to store information in the right place. But it's it, it, there's always compromises. Whether it's on Google Drive, whether it's on a computer, you put it on a computer, and then you get your laptop. And you haven't got the information, so you store it online. But Trello is a, just a great way to drop little nuggets of information. Yeah, do you know what I've noticed? Our mm. our email conversations have cut right down, and also our phone calls and text messages. And so we, myself, and the operations director work on Trello. We share a board, and it's fantastic so there's not less communication because we're still communicating but there's less sort of noise in in our day we work on trello rather than the email systems so yeah a whole hard to be thumbs up for it so uh, yeah it's gone down well one of our one of our mentors and i a guy called nigel Botterell, has a, has a book that talks about doing 90 minutes a day but working on your business and he's a great fan and advocate of doing stuff regularly so he comes in at 7 30 in the morning 
works till nine and he's got a sign on his door that says don't do not disturb unless building is on fire but he has a paper pad and it's got columns in there monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday with his 90 minutes in there and what he writes in and it occurred to me that actually the the paper pad it's a bit 1970s whereas this trello you could create a trello board with your monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and your 90 minute segments and what you're going to do for marketing in each of those days and mm. what i really what i really like is you come to you sit down to work and you got to grab yourself and sit down to work you go to the trello board and you go okay what do i have to do first oh it's that two minutes later you're working on it it's it's not i wonder what i should ask should i read my email you come in you start work and at the end of the day, you think, okay, what didn't I do? I need to move that till tomorrow. Okay, I'll move all that tomorrow. You come in the next day, boom, you're, re- you're working. It's, yeah, the biggest um, thing for me is all those things that pop into your head at inopportune moments. You think, oh, I'll do that. Oh, I'll do that. I must do that. And this is, this is almost like for us both, it's a brain dumping ground of all the little things that we have to do, but we haven't actually got round to yet. Yeah, so, I don't so know whether... Have a, so I we don't have know whether a, you've... Go on. Sorry, go on. Finish no, 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 no. So I don't know whether you've got round to trying out the email section yet. There is a facility to email into the board and it's a big complicated email. But what I did was I kept, uh, created a, a, an email contact called ideas and uh, email ideas. And then in that email, I put that complicated string email address. And now I can just, if I think of an email idea for, to send out on, on our by three times a week email, I, I will just write an email to ideas and put the idea in there and click send and it drops it into my Trello board. So I can really quickly go from thinking of an idea to it being safely stashed away. And then when I sit down to look for a, an email to write about, I, I just flick through my ideas. I think, oh, I'll talk about that. And it's very easy to, like you said, put stuff remember stuff and not forget it let's move on from trello so going back to our listener yes yeah so as i was saying before before we took a a segue into the world of trello yeah i think i think our listenership is it's either picking up or people are just coming out the woodwork now to say that they actually listen to us so i think they're coming out the woodwork to be honest I was specifically thinking about the question you had from the listener regarding the rent of a new property. Yeah, some like a mutual friend and yeah, has asked really what they're doing a a, a lease negotiation. So a, a rent review and that sort of thing. And the question posed was for advice on how much is your annual rent as a percentage of your annual turnover? And my reply was there's also you need to look at the rent per registered place which gives a much better metric to how you're going to do should you be full or nearly full and it gives you a comparison doesn't it yes and, uh, yeah I, I think the two numbers that we look at we're really hot on our numbers and the, the most important always is the staff cost to income ratio but you can do uh, a rent to income ratio um, and you can also do a rent per child, which is really good. So the rent over um, income, so rent over income gives you a metric on how you're doing with your current occupancy, whereas mm-hmm. me- the metric of rent over per child 
gives you a metric on when you're full. So both numbers are really valid. One, one gives you the optimum number and the other one gives you the current number. You've got a few nurseries. So did you run through some numbers? Well, I've, I already knew, have done this, but I don't keep a, a track record of it, but it only took me 30 seconds to work out again. So I really like rent per place because our business aim is to run full nurseries. So when analysing the business behind a new venture, I always look at rent per place. And ours vary quite significantly based upon what sort of building they're in and the terms and conditions of the of the lease. Some of our sites are in private residential, are in private um, commercial buildings, ex-residential houses. Some are in schools, some are in colleges. So you get a, a quite a wide range of results depending on where you are geographically and of course where your nursery is, is situated. So we range between £385 a place to £833 a place. That's a big difference, isn't it? It's a really big difference, but it's all relative to where the nurseries are. So for argument's sake, one one of our lowest rental properties is in a college campus, but we have to give a 10% discount to all students and teachers as a as a donate, not a donation, but as part of the lease, as part of your uh, handbag. So the base rent is cheap, but we have to give 10% discount to anybody that is a member of the college, which is fine. But that does give a slight false result to that £477 a place. But there's a there's 500 quid difference between those two, which on a 50 place nursery is 25 grand difference off your bottom line. So it's a very relevant number. So you see, you would, if you went along to a landlord and they said, oh, the rent's going to be 25 grand, the rent's going to be 40 grand, the rent's going to be 80 grand. I know, noticed somebody was considering getting a rent of 80 grand. Without actually taking that down to the rent per child, you can't compare 20 grand and 80 grand. No, no, if it's 80 grand and it's, yeah. Or it's 20 grand and it's a 25 place nursery. Actually, the 80 grand is a bargain. Yes. Yeah, so 160 place nursery for 80,000 pounds a year is 500 pounds rent per place, which is really cheap. So 160 place, if it was say 110,000 rent, is going to be about 700 so that's about bang average i would i would say so 160 place for 110,000 pounds a, a year if you're less than that happy days and so 20 grand for a 25 place nursery you're heading up towards the 900 900 tap to the thousand pounds per place that's expensive it is expensive but again these are only just numbers that could be in say central london it could be in a wealthy commuter village where you can charge more and it's horses for courses which is then of course whether the the anticipated turnover comes in from the whole situation so you then have a a rent per turnover percentage yeah so that forgetting the numbers so if you do the cost of the rent and divide it by the turnover your uh, numbers work out somewhere between three percent and nine percent yeah but three and a half to seven and a half percent in terms right. of rent to current turnover. Okay, so uh, that takes the absolute values out of the calculation, which sort of takes some of the emotions out. Whereas, so uh, at the end of the day, you've got a pot and you can divide that up into segments of a pie. 
55% is going to be your staff. Maybe you'd like to get to sort of 20% profit. You've got a portion that's rent. You've got uh, a portion that's costs uh, and expenses, a portion which are admin. And you've got dilapidation, expenses, all sorts of things. So you have your pie and you divide it up. What you're trying to do is maximize the bit that says profit, as always. Yeah, it's good to do those numbers. And at a mastermind, we've got a spreadsheet that actually shows you where you're spending your money. And you put in your all, all the numbers and you can see the amount where your money is going, basically. Yes, and they're the numbers that we live to. And, and there's not too many numbers that you need to understand to work out if you're on profit or not. I had a call with one of our mastermind members and she was concerned she wasn't making enough money. And on a £22,000 turnover, she was clearing £8,500 a month profit. And right. that's after staff and everything else. So it was like, you're doing a fantastic job. Don't worry, don't panic. And she said, how do I know when things aren't going quite so well? I said, well, there's two things that you need to always look for. First of all, your make sure your turnover stays at your 22,000 or more. And if your bank balance stops going up, seven and a half thousand pounds plus every month then there's a problem but all the time you can take your minimum seven and a half thousand pounds out your business you haven't got a problem you've got a really good business yeah yeah i have a friend who likes to take money out of the business on a regular basis and not leave it in there because he then makes the business look a lot more lean his staff mm. don't see lots of money sloshing about and become slack so it's a good idea to move money out into separate bank accounts that's exactly what we do long story short but i had my wallet stolen a few months ago and i realized there was nursery debit cards in there which of course have open limits on them so mm. i thought well that's not a very good thing to do so that that got me into setting up a savings account so at least if the main account got hacked they couldn't hack the savings accounts who were offloading money into the savings account but now what i do i have a quarterly uh, reports and i then take out and remove a chunk of money into the holding company because it just keeps our nursery accounts at a minimum and people see that it's down to two and a half to five grand at the end of every, every month so we're not swimming in tens of thousands of pounds sat in the bank mm. account so people then don't think oh we can't really afford that this month or oh we've got loads of money it's not a problem that doesn't keep a business lean I am. Um, I'm surprised that people haven't got multiple bank accounts. I can't tell you how many bank accounts I've got because I can't count that high. If I, I would keep the funding money separate when I would like having a funding bank account and I would allocate to the current account money on a monthly basis from the funding. I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't have a three or four month chunk like that in coming to the bank at one, one go because it gives the impression you're doing better than you are. Whereas mm -hmm. if, you take, if you've got to get three months worth of money, we'll set up standing order for three months for uh, a third of the money so that you see a smaller amount of going into the current account because that way at least then you, it's realistic. And it surprises me that people don't take advantage uh, of these tools that are available. It costs next to nothing to have extra bank accounts. And as you said, it protects your, your money from hackers and oh, the, the number of phone calls I've had this week just from... Amazon, apparently, I've bought an iPhone at £1,100. I've bought an iPhone at £700. I've had my Prime account renewed. Amazing. Or not from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. 
fantastic but you know coming back to these place per rent figures i just thought it's a really interesting question that that many of the many of the owners now are taking the numbers seriously in the nursery owners group and thinking about what they're getting themselves in into before they actually take the plunge and do it which is music to my ears really because so many people come into the sector without having any business skills or business knowledge it's good to see people taking charge and coming up with educational decisions for for their business you have just reminded me of one owner i was speaking to i suppose it was six months ago and she had multiple counts and she asked her manager to transfer a lump sum across to one of her bank accounts, um, supposedly to give some money to her son. Uh, a nursery manager received an email allegedly from the nursery owner. It all looked kosher. And they were, she, the manager was asked to transfer money to a bank account. And she was about to do it. Oh, no, she did it. And some money was transferred across. And it was oh, a sizable no. chunk of money. And it was a spoofed email. So if you are going to uh, have multiple bank accounts and you have a manager that handles your money, set in a confirmation protocol that if somebody says, please transfer this money into my account number, get the manager to say, okay, I'm just going to confirm this with a text message and you don't do it until you get a text confirmation back. So you're using two different channels. You can do something by email, but then do a confirmation by check, uh, by text. And this person lost a quite a large chunk of money. Scary. It's really yeah. scary, isn't it? Not enough to destroy the business, but enough to really upset you. Yeah. I, I did tell you, I, I think my um, cousin was in Spain. He runs my mum's business uh, and they manufacture and distribute bin bags to the NHS big time. Uh, and he was talking to a supplier in Spain and they were, there was a conversation going on about transferring money. My cousin said, have you checked this out? And he said, why? He said, because I think it's a scam. And he said, really? And it was to do with one of the raw materials suppliers asked to transfer a chunk of money uh, in advance. And it was half a million pounds and in stopped that transfer going ahead and it was a scam and basically it would have destroyed the business absolutely destroyed the business be careful folks out there yeah yeah be very careful and look after your money i think so know your numbers get your systems in place to control what you're doing get your trailer board set up and just if you're transferring money make sure you have a second channel to confirm where that it's legit that's a good sum up. You did well there. I'm proud of you. I'm glowing with pride. <laughs> okay, what's well, on for the rest of the week? What's on for the rest of the week? Uh, with a clear diary this week. So I'm working booking on... Booking restaurants, my... booking holidays, booking, yeah. <laughs> booking van transformations. When is the van transformation happening? The van transformation is the insides being done in, in about three weeks' time. So... Um, looking and, good and, for going away and is this your local chippy or is this a, a kosher van yeah it's a local it's a local uh, bespoke conversion company doing it for me to to my own design on the back of a fag packet we will see what happens you engineers are all the same 
Yeah, this as per normal, there's nothing on the market that I wanted or that suited my my needs. So I had to get my Photoshop out and a ruler and a crayon and uh, fashion something up. It's a posh Mercedes van, isn't it? Uh, It's a Volkswagen van. I would never have a Mercedes van. (laughs) Right. Have a good week. See you later. Look after yourself. Talk soon. Bye bye. If there are any topics on today's episode of the Nursery Business Podcast and you want to find out more or ask questions or have suggestions, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. Take care, guys.